Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Here we are on what is termed Super Tuesday. How exciting. Super Tuesday. What is super about it? Well, there are the Democrat primaries across 14 states of these United States of America for those who are in the United States of America and or who are eligible to vote in these primaries, though they be scattered around the world. But great implications for the Democrat nominee to be to be seen in the results from so-called Super Tuesday. Some of those results, some of the most important results, will in fact not be known for a couple weeks or more. But more on that in a little bit. The pandemic that yet has to be named a pandemic. It is a worldwide pandemic in the making, but not yet termed such by the powers that be of who, the who, not to be confused with that popular musical group from long ago. Again, more on that in a little bit. But front and center, first and foremost, fascinating report from none other than the International Atomic Energy Agency, IAEA. Shocking news from this United Nations agency. Shocking. That Iran, the Islamist regime of Iran, has, by their estimation, approximately tripled its nuclear stockpile, meaning it's valued (laughs) enriched uranium. And this since last November. But what I find to be remarkable about this story is that only weeks ago, not months ago, weeks ago, I read a report from this vaunted United Nations agency stating that Iran, the Islamist regime of Iran, was in compliance. Yes, it was in compliance. And now, weeks later, bare weeks later, no, Iran has approximately tripled its amount of enriched uranium. And just since November, and this in brazen violation of its 2015 agreement with the usual suspects, United States, Russia, Putin's Russian Federation, Communist China, Britain, France, Germany, 
you know, the U.N. Security Council, essentially so. But, and that is the joint comprehensive plan of action, so-called. But, oh my. So now they estimate that Iran has 1.1 tons of this key nuclear bomb ingredient. But fortunately, Iran has no nuclear bomb ambitions, none. And fascinatingly enough, the United Nations and the leftists around the world They attribute this, this stockpiling, this building up of this nuclear material by the Islamist Iranian regime. They attribute that to President Donald Trump of the United States of America withdrawing from that horrendous, monstrous, Agreement that was reached, brokered by the Barack Hussein Obama, Joe Biden administration. They attribute it to that, to his withdrawal from that. That's what triggered this. Fascinatingly enough, though, that is an absolute lie. If we go back to April of 2018... Almost two years ago, then-Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Bibi, he provided dramatic intel regarding Iran's brazen line, its absolute Dishonesty, shocking as it is, concerning nuclear materials and its nuclear weapons ambitions, its nuclear weapons program. Israel managed at enormous risk to individuals to obtain this intel, this information, that massive amounts of files, of data, of information pertaining to Iran's nuclear weapons program had been moved to an extremely secret location within Tehran after this fabulous deal with the Obama-Biden administration was reached. And this nuclear weapons program, which of course supposedly doesn't exist, the information, the intel on it consisted of 55,000 files on 183 compact disks, which proved conclusively that Iran was 
heavily pursuing a nuclear weapons program. Benjamin Netanyahu apprised the president and Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, about this. But that was April 2018. (laughs) And now just shy of two years later, we get this fascinating information from the U.N. One thing you can always count on with regard to the U.N. is if and or when they ever grudgingly admit to (laughs) this or that, it is always long, long overdue, and it is diluted, and it is diminished, and it is understated. But, again, according to the United Nations, Iran is not pursuing a nuclear weapons program. Here, here. <laughs> of course not. Why would they? But, meanwhile, the pandemic that has not been named a pandemic The World Health Organization, it has been dancing around this. It has been tiptoeing about it, refusing to recognize it officially as a global pandemic. But the WHO has now stated, quote, We have never before seen a respiratory pathogen that is capable of community transmission, but which can also be contained with the right measures, end quote. Contained. Hmm. Well, how has that been going in communist China? Fascinatingly enough, just as I mentioned in the previous program and I mentioned in a program prior to that, Communist China has found that various individuals whom it has deemed cured then break out in the infection breathtakingly quickly. Reinfected? Maybe. Or simply never freed from the infection. Oh, but it it can be contained, contained with the right measures. The right measures, the only nation which has been able to contain it is communist China, which is engaged in communist regime control, command and control. So, yes, If all of the nations of the world want to engage in martial law, then perhaps it can be contained. Now, that's not a problem for the Islamist regimes and the communist regimes, but, you know, and the other dictatorships. But for most of the other countries, the free world, the Western world, that poses a problem. So, here, In the program the other day, just yesterday, I mentioned that the number of countries affected 
countries and territories had been incremented, increased to 60, whereas it had been listed as being 48 just a couple days before that. Now, one day later, it has been incremented again, increased from 60 to 73. Is this a multiplying factor here, perhaps? Perhaps. Just like the outbreak in Italy, which doubled in a day, I believe. Maybe two days. I believe it was one, but maybe two. The coronavirus, also referred to as novel coronavirus. No, I'm not referring to a bestseller or something, but novel coronavirus, but more properly referred to as COVID-19. Coronavirus, COVID-19 cases worldwide on its way to 100,000. 73 countries and territories and counting. The only continent on the face of the earth not affected by it thus far is Antarctica. The other day I referred to both the Arctic and the Antarctic. <laughs> Latest information is only Antarctica. So, no, it's not a pandemic. It's something else. It's not a pandemic. Just keep telling yourself that, that mantra. It's not a pandemic. Meanwhile, you know, reports were that the health care workers who were assigned to meet the flights coming from China to the United States, bringing back the Americans that were evacuated from China, that they were not properly protected. Healthcare workers are greatly concerned that they have already been exposed to this. Concerned with good reason. They are the frontline troops, if you will. And it is not at all uncommon for there to be an excessively large, disproportionate number of cases of infection in epidemics seen in the people who comprise those frontline forces of healthcare workers. There's a great deal of concern. And again, it is not unwarranted. Meanwhile, Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to the rescue. Last I saw, FEMA officials were preparing for an infectious disease emergency declaration from the president, but had not yet received such a declaration. But for all I know, they've already received one today. Could well be. If not already today, maybe later today, maybe tomorrow, maybe later this week. 
They are awaiting this word from the president that would allow FEMA to provide disaster relief funding to the states and the local governments, in addition to federal assistance to support the coronavirus COVID-19 response. And President Trump and his administration, they will have to make use of the 1988 Stafford Act in order to, to do that. But we shall see. Meanwhile, back to the really great excitement, <laughs> the Democrat presidential primaries. Well, Has South Carolina paved a path to the nomination for Joe Obama Biden? Maybe. More likely, it has paved a path to victory in the Democrat primaries in North Carolina, Virginia, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, those states where there is very heavy black African-American population, Oklahoma, maybe Texas, and that would put him in good shape. However, with regard to the great state, (laughs) yes, the great state, the golden socialist regime sanctuary state of California, that remains to be seen. That is much less likely. Nonetheless, he definitely is in better shape for California than he was just days ago. But more on that in a few minutes and the complications with regard to that. I mentioned before about not just the endorsement, but the considerable campaign support that was provided to Joe Obama Biden's campaign and Joe by South Carolina congressman, famous South Carolina Congressman Jim Clyburn. Jim has now been campaigning in North Carolina on behalf of the vice president. He has been involved in television interviews. I expect that there are radio ads that are being broadcast in all of these states all the way to California that are featuring Jim Clyburn. Jim Clyburn is not just famous in South Carolina, he's famous in the United States of America. There was a statement made by an advisor to Joe, Anita Dunn, She said, quote, the vice president is being propelled by a diverse coalition into Super Tuesday. 
His momentum is undeniable. We're at an inflection point in this race, end quote. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's exciting. All these diverse coalitions, they are so diverse and they are so exciting. But back to Jim Clyburn, a senior statesman in the view of many. I don't see him that way. I see him as an experienced, accomplished Democrat politician of color. He made the following statements with regard to Joe Biden. And they go like this. They are quoted from, supposedly, from Alexis de Tocqueville in his outstanding contribution to this nation. To what would be this nation and to this nation. But in point of fact, these are not direct quotes. These are paraphrases. These are sentence fragment quotes taken out of context. And the context makes all the difference. This is reminiscent to me of much of what you find in black churches delivered from the pulpits by black ministers who in many cases are very theatrical, in many cases gifted speakers, in many cases gifted musically, and above all, masterful cheerleaders, (laughs) above all but who frequently play fast and loose with the Holy Bible. But back to the quotes from Alexis de Tocqueville. That America's greatness is its goodness, the goodness of its people. And, quote, if Americans ever cease to be good, America will cease to be great. And, end quote, Jim went on to say that he believed that Biden's troubles that far into the caucuses and primaries, that it was due to a misperception of the man that people were confusing Joe Biden's goodness for weakness, end quote. Clyburn went on to say that his goodness was his strength. Joe Biden's goodness was his strength. Quote, this campaign, this year, is about the goodness of America, And we have as our candidate a real good man, end quote. Well, there are a number of problems with that. First and foremost, 
is that Alexis de Tocqueville, who was not a man of faith, Alexis de Tocqueville from France was not a man of faith. He was a keen observer and a brilliant man. But for him, the jury was out on, you know, on what was what with regard to spiritual truth. He stated, and I am paraphrasing, but this is, this is the gist of what de Tocqueville said, that he did not understand the greatness of America until he went into the churches. And he soon, almost immediately, was struck by the realization that America's greatness was not about the vastness of the nation, the vastness of the country, the vastness of the continent. It was not about its material resources. It was not about the people's talents and their ambitions and what have you. But instead, that America's greatness was due entirely to its goodness, which was due to its faith, the faith in God, in Christ Jesus, of the American people, the faith in the Word of God and in God the Father and God the Son, that that was the foundation of the greatness of the United States of America, what would be the United States of America. That was de Tocqueville's conclusion. The problem in applying that to Joe Biden is this. Joe Biden, now former vice president, former Veep, longtime U.S. senator, engaged in his third attempt to become president, he has not stood for faith. He has not stood for good. He has not stood for right. He has been a leftist political hack for his adult years. That's who and what he is. A handsome man, And when he is not delivering up faux pas and stumbling, he's not badly spoken. Has a lovely wife. I don't recall how many times he's been married. But at the root of it, the problem with it, I'm guessing only twice, And maybe I'm mistaken on that. Maybe only once, but that doesn't seem right. But the problem with this is Joe Biden has stood for what is wrong, what is diametrically contrary to what America was meant to be. He has been at the forefront of the assault on traditional American values 
morals, mores, faith, the founders, the true founders of this nation who preceded, predated those who are known as the founding fathers. Joe Biden, who has announced that he will name Barack Hussein Obama to the Supreme Court if he becomes president and if Obama will, you know, humbly accept such a position. Joe Biden, who has had nothing but warm and wonderful things to say about Pete Buttigieg, who has now endorsed the Biden candidacy. Joe Biden, who embraces all of the leftist agenda that is the Democrat Party, with the exception of that of Bernie Sanders, you know, and Ocasio-Cortez and what have you. But the idea that Joe Biden is such a good man and people mistake that for weakness is preposterous and false and a sham. There are a great many people of faith, genuine faith, in Christ Jesus, in God the Father, yet in this nation. But this nation's government has not been a government demonstrating that for a very long time. Before I continue, let me just say this. I am Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. And whatever is lacking, is erring, is deficient, that is due to me, that's on me, that's my fault. But it's true that goodness can be mistaken for weakness. The most glaring example I can think of that is the Roman Empire, greatly respected and admired by the so-called founding fathers of this nation, to the detriment of this nation. But the Roman Empire, for so much of its history, it viewed goodness as weakness. It viewed innocence as weakness. It viewed charity as weakness, and it hated and despised weakness and insisted on persecuting and destroying that which it viewed as weak, lest it should taint the Roman Empire, which is one reason for the monstrous persecution of Christianity in the Roman Empire. But, moving on. Joe Biden has received a great many endorsements (laughs) recently. And one of them was from the aforementioned Barack Hussein Obama's chief of staff. 
Dennis McDonough. He wrote an op-ed that appeared today in the St. Paul, Minnesota Pioneer Press. And he praised Joe Biden most highly. And those who will pay heed to what he wrote, (laughs) I think will be persuaded. But what Mr. McDonough glossed over, failed to mention, omitted, was the fact that naturally he was chief of staff to Obama, was that Joe Biden was joined at the hip with Barack Hussein Obama in doing all of these horrible things. But, oh my, in any case, on this day, We have these primaries taking place in 14 states, 14 great states, and American Samoa, as well as for Americans abroad, Democrats abroad. Well, Joe Biden, according to those in the know who are polling, you know, here, there, and the other, They've got their ears to the ground. They are listening for the train coming down the tracks. And they have noted that Joe Obama Biden is experiencing a great surge, or they're calling it a bounce or a bump, a surge in the polls, polls being taken right now, over the weekend and right now, and that Joe Obama Biden has closed the gap with Bernie Alinsky Sanders to within five percentage points, supposedly 32% to 27%. But you put that together and that's not even 60%. I think there's something wrong with that. (laughs) I really do. Are you going to tell me that the two of these Man, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Alinsky Sanders, and Joe Biden, Joe Obama Biden, that the two of them together, that they're only going to garner 59% of the vote? Really? That's amazing. How can that be? Who's going to get the other 41%? Michael Bloomberg and Liz Native American Indian Warren? I I just... I think their numbers are badly off, personally. But anyway, Joe Biden should, by all rights, be able to win in Virginia, in Virginia, the great state of Virginia. He has gotten... (laughs) Endorsements from everybody (laughs) there in Virginia. And he has moved ahead substantially in the polls, which can be so off, but moved ahead substantially ahead of Bernie Alinsky Sanders. Meanwhile, in North Carolina, where Sanders was polling ahead of Biden, 
Biden has flipped that now. And likewise, Joe Obama Biden leading in Alabama. Roll red tide. And in Arkansas. And in Oklahoma. And in tornado-stricken Tennessee. Additionally, interestingly, the poll numbers for Sanders and Biden are identical in Minnesota with the numbers in California. 32 to 27. Again, coming up with only 59%, which makes no sense. I mean, if, if there was any degree of accuracy here, it should be at least 79%, 79, 89% total between them, but not 59, but in any case. And that is a huge improvement by Joe, thanks to Amy Klobuchar leaving the race and endorsing Joe and campaigning with Joe in Texas and elsewhere. So, Bernie is supposed to be ahead of Joe, but again, by similar margin, six percentage points in Utah, the great state of Utah. But... Where Bernie is doing fabuloso is in Colorado, Vermont, his home state, and Maine, just north of Vermont. But again, leading in California, which is vitally important. And we will see what what happens, what transpires in Texas. But polls can be off badly, notoriously so. And (laughs) you shouldn't count on them by any stretch of the imagination. When I last spoke with you the other day, yesterday, Pete Buttigieg had suspended his candidacy, of course, over the weekend. And in addition to dropping out of the race, he was rumored to be considering endorsing Biden. And now he has, based on a few reports I've seen, he has supposedly endorsed Joe, even though I haven't seen the actual announcement. But Joe Biden received a strong endorsement. When I say strong endorsement, I don't mean about how strongly stated the endorsement was, but whom provided it. A strong endorsement in California from former U.S. Senator Barbara Boxer. That happens to be a big endorsement from her. From leftist Barbara Boxer to leftist Joe Biden, big endorsement. She has endorsed Joe, not Liz Warren. That is a big deal. And I already mentioned that 
Joe has belatedly received an endorsement from former Majority Leader in the U.S. Senate and previously Minority Leader Harry Reid. But what does the future hold? Well, how about that good old saying from long ago, better red than dead, right? You remember that? Better red than dead. Not referring to the colors assigned to Republican Party and Democrat Party because red is assigned to the Republican Party. I don't know who came up with that. And blue to the Democrat Party. But red referring to communists, communism. This goes back to the Soviet Union. The days, the late great days of the Soviet Union. The vaunted and, understandably so, vaunted Soviet Union. Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, so-called. And also those great days of communist China's regime under Mao Zedong, which slaughtered (laughs) more millions than any regime throughout history has ever done. But... Better red than dead. Better to embrace communism than to die, than to be nuked by the communists. Better to come under, submit to the communists than to die. The little (laughs) addendum to that is this, that those who have succumbed to, submitted to, who have willingly welcomed, enthusiastically welcomed communism, Marxism. More often than not, they have wound up dead. Again, there was a greater bloodletting by Mao Zedong and his forces in China than there has ever been throughout human history, throughout modern human history, right? And seemingly throughout human history, more tens of millions of people slaughtered because they were Christians or because they were viewed as being intellectuals or educated enough that they could read. Oh, but what about, what about Mao's You know, little red book. Didn't they need to be able to read to read his book? You would think so. But you are treading dangerously near to destruction if you could read. So it was a, you better be quoting his little red book if you wanted to stay alive. The Soviet Union, number two only to communist China, for slaughtering vast multitudes. Not of some ethnic minorities, but of white Russians, Georgians, Ukrainians. Even from the home turf of Joseph Stalin, his people slaughtering tens of millions of them, and Christians and Jews. 
better red than dead. But that's that's way back there. That's arcane, you know, ancient history, right? I mean, that's in the last century. What does that have to do with anything nowadays? Well, very recently, very recently in the last week, a 17-year-old young man in Plymouth, Massachusetts, was arrested on one count of trespassing and 11 counts of vandalism to property. What did this fine young fellow do? Well, he defaced Plymouth Rock. But that wasn't enough to do that. This rock, which goes back to the founding of America by the pilgrims, which has the date 1620 chiseled into it, he covered it with red graffiti. Red, you know, like better red than dead. And he did the same with 10 other historical landmarks in Plymouth, Massachusetts, including the Forefathers Monument, the Pilgrim Maiden, and so on and so forth. What does that have to do with anything? Really? Right? I mean, really, what does that matter? Plymouth, Massachusetts is commemorating the 400th anniversary of the landing of the pilgrims at Plymouth Rock this year, 2020. But this young man, 17 years of age, he's on the verge of being old enough to vote. And if he were voting, whom would he be voting for? Is there any doubt in your mind whatsoever that he would be an enthusiastic supporter of Bernie Sanders? Is there any doubt (laughs) that this social activist anarchist defacing historical landmarks of the very founding of this nation that he would be an enthusiastic supporter, backer, foot soldier for Bernie Sanders. Is there any doubt? (laughs) You may imagine, oh no, but if you're imagining that, then you have a problem dealing with truth. Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders claims to have this great, vast, diverse coalition, right? The announcements that were made following his victory in the Nevada caucuses, where he received the votes of more than 65%, just shy of two-thirds of the votes of voters from the age of 18 up to 30, but not 30 yet. You know, don't trust anyone over 30. The voters under 30 
he received just an eyelash shy of two-thirds of their vote. Shocking. What a diverse coalition. He absolutely owned the vote of the youngest, least well-informed about the foundation of this nation and the true values of this nation, the least mature. He owned their vote. Second only to the Mexican vote. I can't help but wonder how many of those Mexican votes were illegal aliens. But, oh, no, that can't happen. Oh, no, there's no voter fraud. But 51% of theirs, more than half. Well, (laughs) that is the strength of his diverse coalition. Those who are the blindest, the most ignorant concerning the foundation of this nation, and who spit on it. Does that mean that there are no good and godly and righteous and patriotic Mexican-Americans? No. I mentioned these two outstanding young men, both 28 years of age, special forces soldiers who sacrificed their lives in vain in Afghanistan, courtesy of this nation's horrendous governments. But, no. But, Liz Warren, she just received an endorsement from the abortion activist Emily's List. How exciting. That's to go with all the loot that she collected last month of $29 million. Mikey Bloomberg, I just have to give you this quote. Uh, he was being questioned whether he was, his presence was helping Bernie Sanders and hurting Joe Biden. He said, quote, I'm not helping Bernie Sanders. I'm trying to help myself, end quote. That is so, so Michael Bloomberg for you. I'm trying to help myself. <laughs> it's just perfect. And he went on to say, have you asked Joe whether he's going to drop out? When you ask him that, then you can call me. If you think I'm going to siphon from him, he's siphoning from me. Biden was taking votes away from me. What lies. But that's who he is. And American Samoa. News from American Samoa. Samoan chief, and I cannot pronounce his name, has endorsed Michael Bloomberg for president. So, newsflash, my prediction, Michael Bloomberg will win one contest. That in Samoa, American Samoa. And my recommendation to Michael is he should buy American Samoa and become chief for life. Just my recommendation. Who can vote in California, supposedly? A U.S. citizen, a resident of California, be 18 years of age or older, not be imprisoned (laughs) or on parole for a felony? Okay, but what, what about all of the illegals that are going to be voting? California now, as purportedly, consists of 31% Mexican Americans. They say Latino, but 
That's a misnomer. Mexican-Americans. 15% Asian-Americans. Another misnomer. They're talking about Oriental Asian-Americans, not Indian Indians and so forth. And 7% African-American, black Americans. So in other words, just shy of a third Mexican, and then roughly half of that number Oriental Asian Americans, and then only about half of that for black Americans. That doesn't bode well for Joe, but more tomorrow. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.